Hi, my name is David Caldwell. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Dave Doesn't Know. Be sure to check out the show live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash caldwellington. We'll see you there. Boom! There, now my mic's on. <laughs> Super professional opening. Hello, oh everyone. Yeah, right, huh? Live entertainment. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to Dave Doesn't Know, episode two. Um, I am here with my awesome, awesome guest and really cool buddy, uh, Derek. Dungeons and Derek. Um, Hello. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you all so much for being here. Um, I do want to, uh, before we get into uh, everything, uh, I want to thank everyone for being here. If you liked that awesome intro music that was done by the one and only great Rafiki, uh, very talented musician, really helped me out with that. Um, so I'm actually going to put a channel or a panel here and we're going to actually have him, uh, I'm going to be tagging him in it because I love that intro and he needs all the recognition oh, yes. he can get. Um, so true. Oh, Rafiki's yeah, Rafiki's awesome. He also like runs uh, Greater Restoration, the GR crew, so check that out. Does, absolutely he does, yeah. the GR. We just got some fun plans for uh, for that. Oh, yeah, me and Derek were just playing as bears, uh, and that was amazing. Very true. So I forgot to turn on my timers, there we go. I never realized how fun it would be to be stupid. <laughs> oh, it's a, oh, I've been doing that my whole life. You have a lot to learn. Uh, <laughs> it's so fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, you just gotta let go, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just don't. You gotta not care as much. Um, yeah, just, just let it out. Yeah. Um, but now uh, I did want to uh, say before we get started, um, what I didn't elaborate on last week, which I feel bad about. Um, so you know, I love interacting with chat. Unfortunately, this time. Um, uh, we're gonna, I'm not gonna be talking to chat as much. We might go over the, everything at the end, but unfortunately, uh, while we're doing this, just so we can focus on the conversation, uh, me and, uh, Derek are gonna kind of be going back and forth, uh, so we won't actually be talking, um, won't be, uh, interacting with chat too terribly much, but, um, you guys know I love you, and so does Derek. We both love chat. Chat's where it's at. True. Yeah, chat you is where it's at. hang in there, chat. We'll exactly. give you the much-needed attention later. Exactly. Shut up, Uber. I love you too. All right. Anyway, on that last final note, um, Derek... Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Okay. Oh, God. Where to start? So, my name is Derek. Derek Ward. I go by Dungeons and Derek's, and I am a, I'll say washed up voice actor. Um, <laughs> at, washed up at, like, 23. God. Um, washed up voice actor that has transitioned into full-time writing for tabletop content. And my, my specialty falls into kind of like whimsical fantastical stories with some darker undertones so you might kind of hit into like a big city that's very rainy and full of fairies but the real like thing that you're going to be dealing with that on adventure is dealing with loss and depression and things like that so kind of think like um that's a good example steven universe is a great example of something like mm. that so that's that's my kind of like my target that's kind of what i aim for and my niche tends to be like pet classes um big monsters stuff like that actually i'm starting a patreon probably end of this weekend maybe on saturday Ooh. and one of the first things coming up on there is a monster with four different targetable parts for ac so if you like tnt and you want to play around with a, a creature that has different positions on it for like for your different party members to attack and stuff like that check it out and it's gonna be great other than that um I am the DM at Short Rests at SRDND on Twitch. We play every Saturday. I think that's Don't plug other channels. 
Oh, I'm just, I'm just I'm, joking. I'm, <laughs> get out of here, get out of here. Yeah, like, the one rule. <laughs> yeah. I broke the one no, rule. <laughs> the only rule. No, SR, uh, SR, D&D. Yeah, no, I've hung out on a few of their streams. They're awesome people. Love love getting to hang out with I'm you guys. I'm just saying, you know, maybe we'll have you on at some point for something. Ooh, I'd be, I'd be speaking of which, because you guys all know, I am the DM over the Scattered Rollers channel, and there might be something in the works with Mr. Derek here. Oh, Who maybe, knows? knows? Yeah. <laughs> So it's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting. Um, God, we're playing so coy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Derek's gonna be on the Scatterbiller show. Okay. <laughs> Good God. Like, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not playing your games. Um, <laughs> uh, no, that's oh awesome. So now uh, I, I have quite a few things to talk to you about. Um, I do have some timers so going in. that is going to be plugging your new class, which I would love to hear about. If you want to kind of expound oh a little bit on it. Absolutely. So. I had this idea. I was sitting down with Jan, my partner, and we were talking about like ideas and stuff like that. And we had a fun idea from some games and we were playing and stuff like that to have a like a class in D and D that had the ability to bring objects to life. But you kind of fall into like animate objects in fifth edition where that you mm. you know they grab something and they're like boom, it's TV remote, <laughs> right. it's live, but it's not. <laughs> it, it does what you tell it to do, and then it's that's it. And I wanted to explore something that didn't just, you know, it was a book. It's a, it's a Not that's just book animated. Exactly. Yeah. Something that was awakened. Uh, and one of the things that really inspired me was the PDF. Uh, I think it's just recently came out by Metal Weave Games, Andreas Walters. Check him out. Um, and he put out a supplement called Awakened. And it follows basically a whole bunch of rules for classes and uh, races and stuff to play animals that have found a persona, a personality. Nice. Um, and it's, it's really fascinating. I was like, why has nobody done this with objects? Because how interesting would it be to have like a wizard? Because, you, you know, you always have these these wizards cooped up in towers you know that's always the thing you see the wizards cooped up yep. in the rainy tower pouring over books yeah now exactly oh gets lonely right exactly yeah. now picture a table that comes waddling over with its wooden legs kind of like yeah and it's just like your tea sir and he's like yeah. thank you master yeah. <laughs> drink this like why am i the table uh <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, it is. Thank you. No, you're right. Uh, that's very interesting. That's a good point because, like, yeah, you always think, and I know the the mistake I made is the first the first time I ever DM was for my little brothers, and mm. I thought I had like a totally unique idea, and it was okay. You guys all meet at a pub. That's super unique. You know, no one's ever done that. No, yeah, uh, one hundred percent. And the the evil the BBEG was an old. I think he was a sorcerer, but he was in a tower, and he was a crazy old. It was like. And then I found, I was like, yeah, oh, no. everyone does that. So it, it's kind of cool, Oops. though, that yours is taking, like, another something, and you're looking at it from more of, like, their point of view. Like, yeah. what, he's just in the tower alone all the time? Like, yeah, that's a very wizardy thing you exactly. would think to create a, a, a buddy, you know? I mean. Exactly. No, I think and that's that awesome. I wanted to, like, work with that concept and play with something, but the, the big thing that 5e really dropped the ball on for all of that with me is that, when the spells wore off, they were done. Mm. And that couldn't be something that I did with this class. Because keep it simple, you know, like I could have just done basic wizard subclass and say all of your animate object spells and shit like that make 
like they have a personality and then but they fade animate objects wears off and would you want to create something and instill it with a personality and that's what it's um called in the class is instilling so when you are creating a new thoughtling your little objects friends you instill them you're instilling them with personality and life and would you want to create something knowing that in three hours it would be dead yeah no that's that's a very good point i mean so I mean, it would yeah suck. Yeah, no, especially if it's something that you kind of want to have a bond with. Right. Like, and boom, like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> like, oh, <there> <gasps> um, that's Another just a life one. full of trauma. Um, exactly. Yeah. And so. I wanted to, like, one well, of like, my, my requirements for making it was that I had to treat them like people. That's, I like that. So that's, it, yeah. It, it became a very difficult thing, and it almost took me a full week to work on. Uh, from start to finish with the formatting, because I also had to learn how 5e formats things. And God, if you've never made homebrew for 5e, the way you have to word things is so specific. It's painful. <laughs> really? Yeah, but it's, yeah. I, I saw the PDF just... that you made, and it came out beautifully, yeah. by the way. The artwork, obviously, is amazing. So Oh my uh, God, thanks you know, uh, it looked... to Jan and Lynn for that. It's incredible. Oh, it, it came off like a... Like something you pick up at the store. Like it was amazing. I yeah. thought it was so, so well done. Um, they really brought it to life, so to speak. Yeah. Oh no, one hundred percent. No, it was so. <laughs> Damn it, Derek. Took you a minute. Took Damn you a minute. Derek. Get, get, get I was out. waiting for it. I was show Zofa. Show like... Zofa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no puns, unless Russian or Tricknik or <laughs> God. Um, no, that, that's oh, awesome. I, I really love. Uh, I, I think it's a really cool idea. It's um, definitely fantastical. It's more of like a, a fairy tale kind of thing in like a exactly. good way. It's yeah. more like something we're all kind of assumed to know about um, the about like wizards and like stuff. Maybe not necessarily too D and D, but no, it, yeah. it's a uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I, I really don't like the fact that like you said they die. You know, it's like they yeah. animate and then they go, and that's it's it. like. No, you want to have, like, a personality now? Exactly. So with the class, uh, as far as, like, the logistics of it, so how many... Is it, like, any object? Because now I'm thinking, like, an army of, like, you know, tables. Also yes. cool. But um, how would, like, how many times can you cast it? Um, do they fight? Or does it depend? They can. So okay. what it comes... So the way the class works, and I'll... I'll get into some of these logistical mechanical things here please do so you can bring anything to life but at second level you can only bring small and tiny objects to life so this five hour energy shot bottle this remote this book this bottle mm. stuff like that you can't get up to medium large etc but when you first get them they're too small too weak your connection with them is not powerful enough to Okay. Yeah. To attack. But when you start going up in levels, I think it's sixth level, they get the ability to attack, and now you can make medium ones. So, say a mannequin, a fridge, a bookshelf. Okay, right, yeah. Start getting things that are about like us sized and start animating them and expand further with them so they get stronger as you go. And initially, I believe you can only have two. And then I think at seventh level, you can have three. And then at 14th, 10th, 10th level, you can technically have like 16 because you unlock okay. something called what, what I call the homestead. 
which okay. is something that you so do you know the spell glyph of warding uh it's been i know of it yeah you may have to okay. refresh me a little the only bit. reason i know about it is because one of my players if you watch short rest john constantly uses that spell <laughs> and tries so hard to break it god i love him but oh he tries god. so hard to break it um we'll swap dm stories later <laughs> So Guess what my guys did. <laughs> but it is a spell where you can basically throw just about any effect, any spell or anything you want in a trigger. You make a glyph, you tell it, activate when this happens, and then nice. it's there. But you can't move it from that spot, but for 10 feet. And if you do, it fails. It's gone. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. And the homestead follows a very similar principle. You craft, uh, you create, you craft a, uh, a unique workbench. So say you are a School of Awakening wizard that is also a chef. So you animate your tools okay. and your knives and your oven and stuff like that. Your unique workplace might be a, like a cutting uh, counter. You know, like it could be mm. a counter with like an oven or a range or just a cutting space, something uh, like that. Say you're a, a doll maker. It might be a small place with like a sewing station. You create your own unique workstation that represents you. And you, at the beginning, can only have so few thoughtlings or these objects because you cannot supply them with the necessary power to continue to survive Okay, yeah, yeah. The homestead is like a surrogate parent. It can supply in your stead. So you can create more of these little friends, and the homestead can take care of them for you. They can't leave but from 500 miles away from that homestead, which is pretty substantial still. It's 500 miles. Right. And they don't get the special abilities that you give them when you're maintaining them, but they still exist. Okay. So this allows you to essentially have several, like, friends running around. You can have, like, uh, like I said, the 10th level, it's, like, up to, like, 14, 16, something like that. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, no worries. The numbers got tweaked so much. Oh, yeah, I bet. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, initially, uh, 10th level, you are going to be allowed to have infinite. And we were like, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's a little OP, maybe just a little bit. Yeah, maybe, maybe a smidge. Um, but it allows you to essentially, because when you make a thought line, when you make one of these object familiars, say I took this mug that has some cold coffee in it, and I was like, this is my friend now. You give it a personality. And there is a chart. Now, you can feel free to make your own, um, but there is a 1D12 chart, so you can roll it or you can choose it and you choose a personality for them, and each personality gives them a different ability, and et cetera, and allows your DM a general idea of what you're going for with that so they can easily play whatever you just made. This coffee cup, nice, for instance, yeah. might be grumpy. And if he's a grumpy coffee cup, now your DM knows, I'm an asshole. Okay, I'm right. <laughs> and you're good. Right. Um, and so you set that up, but because you can only have so few, there became that fear of like oh well i'm not happy with this one anymore it's not doing the ability that i need anymore so a player decides to off their own familiar so they can get a different ability and again see that that comes into my thing where throughout like working on it my one of the core principles of the class for me was it has to treat them like people and there needs to be no incentive to hurt them 
for any reason. Oh, she can't make a bookcase to try and bash through a door with its head or something, or... Well, I mean, you uh, could do that, and it could, like, burst through a little rock song. Yeah, if it did it like but, that, but... Yeah, but... Yeah. I, to, to have the idea of being like, okay, I made this one because it'll be useful for this encounter. Oops, all right, let's make another one next <laughs> long rest. Right. I was like, I don't want... So what we did, because there's 12 personalities, what the homestead can hold initially at 10th level is 12 thoughtless. And you can maintain your own amount as well. So now you can switch between them whenever you go back to where you designate as your home. Okay. They can't leave 500 miles from it. They don't get their better, like, abilities from them. But you can trade which ones you have with you with the homestead. Think like a, a PC box in Pokemon. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Interesting. So it became that idea of trying to allow the players to have it all and also not. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very interesting. That's uh, that's really good. Have you gotten any, uh, do you know, have you, that you know, have you gotten anyone to, like, playtest it yet? So, I know Brayden is going to be playing mm. a School of Awakening wizard. Um, if you've been watching Short Rest D&D, Brayden's one of my players, and he plays the character Kale. And last week, something weird happened to Kale. He found, like, a weird thing to fucking mess with his, maybe his class a little bit. Uh, so we're going to be seeing him play nice. the 10th level School of Awakening Wizard. So he's going to be starting initially with the ability to make a homestead. So I get to just jump into testing that first thing, which I'm thrilled about. That's awesome. I know, I don't know if Rafiki is still in chat, but I know uh, Rafiki has expressed interest in playing one, which I'll, I'm interested to see how it's happened. Other than that. That's awesome. I don't have a clue. I'm kind of hoping <laughs> people will be giving me um, <laughs> some Getting of all their that own. feedback in, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I know that there's been a handful of people that have bought it. <laughs> I'm waiting for people to be like, this sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the joys of creating. That's every time I stream, I'm like, anyone? Anyone? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You suck. Like, you there wanna, it is. <laughs> do you want to talk about how bad the, the, the initial thing? And do you want to talk about how yeah. you did my mic at the beginning? Like, yeah, exactly. It's, oh, off. yeah. Exactly. You know, just, no kidding. You kind of wait for it to go wrong. I'm oh, waiting, yeah. Which You're I mean, right. I'm glad I'm still waiting. Way, you know I mean? yeah exactly um, um no 100 percent um it's my baby i'm i'm delighted with it i have a lot more content planned for it that i won't i, I can talk some about but you sound like you had a question to continue there. oh no no i was uh so uh looks like you possibly will be uh joining uh, or i'm sorry you are definitely joining uh the scattered uh rollers are you gonna be joining us i am the dm over there he's gonna be joining us for Two, three, I don't know. We'll see how many episodes this goes for. Uh, he's got a busy life, though, so we're not taking him too much from his responsibilities, but uh, more than just half campaign. a session. Yeah, oh, he's God. Oh, don't worry. They're doing it plenty on their own. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you, get the, but the, you try your worst, you're going to get us back on track. Um, but now, uh, will you be reply, uh, or will you be testing out uh, the School of Awakening on that? Yes, actually, you give me the wonderful option to do that, and it is 100% in my plans. Um, I didn't want to talk about it. I wasn't sure if you were like keeping that a secret or not, but no, I'm happy to talk. About no, it. I don't think too many people from Scatter Rollers is here right now, so we're good. <laughs> oh, we're safe. Yeah, Ooh. so we're good. Whew. Yeah, so I was uh, like, I don't think they're here. Yes. Um, it is my plan to to play a School of Awakening wizard and see how it goes, and hopefully not find out that it's so imbalanced that it destroys Dave's stream. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no worries, you're good. <laughs> um, um, I've got some plans for my character, though. I might keep those a secret for now. 
Oh, please do. Um, actually, yeah, because we just had our episode last night, um, yes. which just for fun, uh, they stole uh, a man, a dwarf, uh, and he they put him in the bag of holding in a bar with uh, 125 dwarves. So oh my I don't know God. where to go from that. Out of everything they could have done, didn't expect that one. So They stole, they kidnapped the dwarf mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. a bar? Mm-hmm. All of his friends. Uh, no, he went invisible, and he left the rest of his party. So the artificer disappeared, and everyone else is kind of screwed. Oh so it's God. gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, so I had something to write you in at out the window. Got to try now. So uh, we got. I'm gonna have to rework it. And I'll get with you. Um, but uh, yeah, I, that's why we love D and D. That's why we love D and D. It's from the true. one player I never would have thought would do that, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I'll just come in as the uh, the bag of holding police and be like, "No." Yeah, exactly. Oh my! I've had a. Oh my god! It's so crazy. Um, <laughs> so you said future projects. Yeah, whatever Ooh. you can share, I would be very interested to hear. Can share a little bit. Yes, um, hit me. So up. I've I literally just today finished uh, the very 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 basic idea of what I'm doing for something related to the School of Awakening. I'm really looking forward to, and that's one of the few things I can talk about. And that is the a, a full scale levels one through five adventure. It should be about five to six chapters long. Nice. I'm really looking forward to putting that. There. It's going to take me probably three or so weeks to really. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Through it. Um, oh yeah, no, it, it definitely takes time. But this is going to include a brand new city, uh, like setting. It's going to take place in a, a city that has not appeared in my pod, like my podcast, in my stream, and any okay. stream, and any official content. So I'm really looking forward to it. The idea is to make something very unique that can also be implemented into any pre-existing campaign. Oh, so this, there you go levels one through five adventure you can start at the beginning of any campaign or even start in the middle if you need to and just adjust some crs and stuff like that and really just kind of mesh in so if you're interested in thoughtlings if you like the school of awakening if you like the that whole idea of that that kind of like whimsical nature there check it out i'm very excited i'm going to be posting updates about it to my patreon over the coming uh few weeks here though that's not even nice. live until saturday i don't know why i'm talking about that okay gotcha um, <laughs> no worries you're good uh that's awesome but, so oh i have so many questions <laughs> you can ask away if i can't answer it i'll tell you but otherwise oh okay so, so the school is it like a hogwarts kind of situation so the idea was to create a very i have this vision in my head of like a very rainy like what's the word like baroque i think it is I'll look at that word in a minute, but very rainy, like like er, like a European style, kind of London-ish city. Oh, okay, very um, nice. Yeah, very big, and I liked the idea of essentially. I have I have an idea for two adventures. The one won't be coming till probably the end of the year, so I won't talk too much about that. Oh, okay, gotcha. Have you being playing as Thoughtlings? So stay tuned for that. That Okay, very nice. Um, But this one will have the party kind of take place as either residents or newcomers to the city and the issues and unrest and intrigue that it holds namely this adventure is going to follow the players in frankly um there's going to be a lot of like content warnings at the beginning of it because it's going to be having them tackle the issues of essentially human rights when related to thoughtlings and stuff like that oh okay gotcha alongside um, a revolution of these thoughtlings that are independent and maintain their own homesteads and fight against being treated as just things or tools. 
Interesting. A hammer okay, who doesn't nice. want to hammer anymore and would much rather open a cafe. Something like that. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Basically breaking out of their roles that they were forced into. Okay. Kind of like rising up against the status quo a little bit. Interesting. So I'm really, really interested to see how that goes. Uh, I've got some a lot of plans for that. Um, some of the stuff that we're going to be tackling with that, like some of the, the bigger stuff is going to be getting very deep into, like I said, human rights issues, as well as struggling with depression and loss. And That's fantastic. Just feeling like you can't go anywhere and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. And it, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I, I will say it probably won't be for everybody, but I hope, I hope some people are – some interest has been peaked. Oh no, that that, that <laughs> at least me, I'm like, damn. <laughs> I think that sounds awesome. Um, you know, I'll just have to shoot you a copy when everything's said and done. Oh, very much appreciated. Um, now, okay, so a lot of your style would it be more of the more kind of nitty gritty? Like uh, my brother, who is actually already in the chat, um, he Hi. has uh, written a book. I think he's put a few things up on. Um, he has put a few I things damn. on DMs Guild. Um, Awesome guy. What he he specializes in, where I special in uh, specialize in like uh, humor and laughs and stuff. He's really good at writing yes. like drama filled like emotional mm. stories, and uh, they're amazing. They're so good. The Ashes of Dunhaven is actually his um, campaign that he uh, kind of wrote yes. with me, uh, or he wrote for the most part. I kind of took it when they took me in a different direction. Um, but it started off like super serious. It was like a really good like story. Is that kind of more? Uh, is that more of playing your story, or are you more kind that of is a little lighthearted? A little bit closer towards where I lean. I, I okay. look for a little bit of a mix of both. Um, I, I use Steven Universe as an example, and that still remains as a decent one. I, I, the the like deeper story there that Rebecca Sugar created is very fascinating to me. Um, but the the goal is character driven drama with a dark undertone but a lighthearted face, so to speak. Okay, gotcha. So, for instance, um, you could be fighting, like, you could be in this big city and you could be going around, like, buying pastries and having a great time, and it's bright and there's fairy lights everywhere, but at the same right. time, while you're walking through that city eating pastries, you might be talking to one of the rebellion leaders about um, his issues, feeling like he was stuck in the wrong body and stuff like that, and it's just like... It's... It'll be a very mixed bag of both of those kind of things because you, you, you'll flop back and forth a little bit between that lighthearted, you know, feeling kind of good and fantastical, kind of a, right. a like Harry Potter, like you talked about, kind of like early Harry Potter stuff. Um, right, exactly. It's like fantastic, but there's like dark stuff going on too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, I... I've always been very drawn to those kinds of stories where if you take it at face value, it's, you know, like, oh, it's so pretty, bright and happy. But the more you experience the more it, you the more dig. you get into it, exactly, the yeah. heavier it becomes. That's that's what I would say is I like a mix of that light, happy, and heavy, less than dark, heavy. Yeah, um, that's awesome. I... I've always personally loved stories like that. Like, um, won't change the subject too much, but I did just, uh, my brother already, uh, we live together and, uh, we watch movies all the time and I finally got him to watch Joker with me. Um, and mm. Joker is, so it's the second time I've seen it. They love the movie. I haven't seen it yet. Is oh, it okay. 
It is well, it's I mean, probably one of my spoiler if you want. No, no spoilers. It's one of the okay. top three movies I've ever seen. Like I am okay. in love with that movie. Uh, and it's like it's it's very sad, but it's like it brings out like every emotion, and uh, and I love that. And that was one thing I kind of brought to the D and D a little bit. The first episode when yes. I had some guy actually turn to ash. Uh, I thought they were gonna cry. I was like, oh, that wasn't too dark, was it? You know. And I was like, personally, I love getting. I love the lighthearted humor, but I also like when it get like super drama filled with like good story. Kind of like not to name drop, but like Critical Role a little bit. How they can you know yeah, go super exactly. where they all cry at the table. But then, you know, Grog's in an outhouse talking to a haunted sword. You know, it's like... Bidet. Go... <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, bidet. my God. Don't even... Uh, I bidet. just got the... Uh, my, my Critical Role Season 2 art book just came in. Holy oh, God. did it really? I got to catch up on I haven't heard any of Season so 2. So good. Yeah. Um, that's No, but so... I love uh, darker stuff like that. How it can be, at the same time, happy and sad. You know? So, yeah. so that's awesome. I, I really love that. Actually, it's it's funny you mentioned that because one of the this was before we were streaming, so this is something that's never been talked about uh, live before. Um, uh -oh. Before we were streaming, one of the Mods times that my right that my <laughs> players um, were like, "Fuck, this is good." Um, oh no! With some of the stuff I was putting out was when they were interacting with an NPC, and they're actually the NPC is still around. They are our hype emote, which I can just like. Oh, in chat. Oh. There you go. Oh, okay, um, yeah. I was like, I know their that name. Their name is Joe, and it stands for Josephine. Their name is uh, Josephine Galatea. And Ooh, I like uh, they're going to have a good bit of stuff in the story upcoming, but they were talking about basically how they became an orphan and the story of how they lost their father and stuff like that. And it was Interesting. a multiple minute long like monologue that was mostly off the cuff. And by the end of it, I was weeping <laughs> like, yeah, I, right. I, I started off as an actor like i started off doing theater and oh, okay yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like that. so like i just got into character and just started going just started and going with the end it. of it and people were like can we take a minute can we just like take a second i was like whoops sorry <laughs> that's, <laughs> um, that's awesome no that that's good that, yeah yeah no that i mean maybe not good I think that's good. That's my kind of no, no, style. Sure. But there's some people who are like, I just want to screw around and have fun. That's totally cool too. Right. Um, like this because, and, and she's a great example of that kind of storytelling that I like is because she's silly. She carries a big backpack. She waddles around. She talks like this. Um, she's just like a very silly character. So then to have that one episode where it flips into like literally me sitting there role-playing Joe weeping. It was such like a jarring thing and it gets into mm. that like face value happy-go-lucky deeper down dark serious undertones and so oh yeah very good analogy on it um so fun that came up oh yeah no that's awesome uh no i i love that i think that's uh i think that's really really cool because i really enjoy the yeah when it can be super dark but it also be really good you know and it's good it can exactly. be uh therapeutic for some players also you know um if it's all the time serious and heavy it loses the impact but right. if it's all the time funny and like like happy go lucky and stuff like that, it becomes samey in my opinion. So like if when you get that mix of both, like what you were talking about with like Ash at the beginning, so when you have that juxtaposed with like something stupid, like some guy falling on his ass, tripping on like a chair or something, or your player stealing a dwarf and sticking him in a bag of holding, yeah. like when you have these things juxtaposed against each other, it makes interesting stories. Oh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. No, I, I always loved um, 
Yeah, it's it's when you do it because yeah, you don't want a story that's all dark because in all serious, right. it's like that just gets. And then if you want something that's like all just jokes, it's like it's too much of one thing, not the other, and it's not as nearly as believable, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah, it adds more human interaction and someone. It's kind of like you know saying um, if you have someone who never speaks, or if you have like two people, one always like never shuts up, but you have someone like rarely speaks, but when they do, it's like wow, like let's listen to that person, you know. It's like. It's like when it comes across kind of rare, it like hits harder. So if you kind of have even not like a total joke campaign, but like a lighthearted one, and then you bring someone in a character who is kind of heavy, then it's like, whoa, you know, it's like it weighs that much more, you know? And that's exactly kind of like what I'm going for with the story. Cause like I I mentioned, you know, you might be there and you might be like, you know, hitting a, a fucking factory that's producing something with these this revolution, and you're going through, and then you like you break out, and you're you go off, and you're laughing through the sunset and stuff like that, and then they thank you because they've never pulled something this big off before, and it's just even that little acknowledgement of like, without you, we'd be dead, kind of thing. Oh, right, and yeah, it's, exactly. It's just like it it breaks it up just that much. It breaks up the excitement, right. the, the intensity, the, the laughing, the we just fucking did it kind of thing. And yeah. Grounds it a little bit. And so it's stuff like that. That's fun. That's really, yeah, exactly. No, that, that is exact kind of play style and, you know, kind of storytelling. That's just, yeah, it's good. Um, now, so you said you had other projects. We talked about the modules. Do you have any ideas for any other possible classes out of curiosity? Actually? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of, how much I can talk about right now. So for Patreon, no, no worries. Yeah. First things, one of the things I'm putting out this month is going to be another subclass, uh, probably not thoughtling based, for either the monk or the paladin. I Ooh. have not made up my mind, but I have ideas for both that I want to get too into. But it is what I can talk a little bit more about for stuff like that. So stay tuned for Patreon because that's going to be Patreon only. That won't even be on DM's Guild. Um, oh, gotcha. Nice. But the the big thing that I'm, I'm really looking at is pet classes. Because you look at base 5th edition and you have mm-hmm. Druid, kind of pet classy, Ranger, kind of pet classy. And then from there, uh, can't really think of anything. Yeah, you might be able to buy a cat somewhere in a city. Yeah, you could buy a cat. You could yeah. be a wizard with found familiar. Yeah, uh, right. Found familiar, but it looks yeah, found familiar warlock, and it's coffee. Yeah. Good coffee. Yeah. But yeah, like more like with Pact of the Pact of the Chain. Pact of the Chain, that's, that's the one. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like from there, monk, paladin, fighter, barbarian. Uh, even when you get like we were just talking about critical role, blood hunter. Like there, from my experience through fifth edition and just playing tabletop games in general, is people like to have pets. Oh yeah, hundred percent. People love pets, and. I feel like there's a very, very limited selection of pet classes. So I'd like to try and expand that through the different classes and see what I can do. And wizard was like the school of awakening wizard is a good example of what I would do for wizard. And that would be a pet class. And like further on, I'd like to do something for a lot of the martial classes that don't get the options to do stuff like that. Oh, that's see, yeah. Now that's interesting. How cool would it be to have a monk that's trained a dog that's their companion? Oh yeah. They like both fucking channel their own shit. Oh yeah. Them. Or a tiger like, or something. I mean, yeah. yeah like I like, mean, yeah. seriously. It yeah, would be a so Shaolin cool. monk with a tiger. I mean, right. Dear God, I mean, I think those exist. I mean, like that'd be amazing. Uh, it really would. Like, oh it, it yeah. Would be a lot of fun to play with. 
and I feel like it's something that 5th edition doesn't explore. Yeah, no, I could see... Uh, I, I, Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I think it's a very good point, too. Yeah, people love pets. That's why almost everyone in America has a pet, or the world, you know? I mean, True. like, everybody's got a pet. And, yeah, have one that could do some combat, that'd be uh, very 100%. interesting. Yeah, And it's, it's like... Um, like, I get partially why they don't, because... Excuse me, I drank too fast. You hear people all the time when they're talking about, like, uh, fifth edition especially, they're like, oh, the action economy. Action economy this, action economy that. Um, for people that don't know, the action economy is the basic assumption that the side of a battle that has more actions is more likely to win. And it's, it's very self-explanatory, but the thing is, that's why I think think they don't explore pet classes is because the more actions you give a player the more unbalanced you are making a combat encounter but i yeah there's ways to do it and i think they're just not addressing them yeah that's that's very interesting that is very interesting and actually um so actually we do have a question uh oh for you from Alrighty. Do you use Pathfinder Pathfinder for inspiration at all? Because pets are a huge part, much more accessible than 5e. I've never played Pathfinder myself. I have played Pathfinder Kingmaker, the CRPG, and it still screws me up with playing D D five E because it's like, oh, I want to pick a lock, like roll a lock pick. Like, oh what? You mean Dex? Yeah, like, like, oh, fine, just a dexterity. <laughs> so I really think Pathfinder is like really complicated, but I really like their skills. Uh, but that was not direct toward me. What do you... Uh, yeah, so have you looked into Pathfinder at all? Actually, um, fun fact, again, something we don't talk about very often at Short Rest is we began playing Pathfinder. Um, I have a rocky relationship with the system. I think Pathfinder is a fantastic system for the people who want to play Pathfinder. 3.5 in general, um, I, I think, is very, very fascinating has a lot of uh, interesting mechanics to it but it feels very bloated to me it has so much that you can do that it, it, it hits a point where it becomes very easy to min max and make the right build and just your goal is to be the juggernaut you know like oh i have an athletics of plus 30 at level four and you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know people yeah. who still play Pathfinder, and I, I actually know somebody right now who has like a plus thirty in acrobatics, and they are like level three. And that's Ugh, just... call them out, call them out. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's have an intervention. Let's get them on the call. Exactly. It's a... <laughs> Talk. Yeah. Um, and for me, uh-huh. I have a lot more heavy focus on role play, so I have looked into Pathfinder before, and uh, it did probably kick it off subconsciously because there were so many. Uh, base and third-party pet classes in early Pathfinder that might have just left a lasting impact on me, but I don't think I would play the system again because I have transitioned some, like so much into 5e where I find things to be a lot more simpler, which I acknowledge yeah. isn't for everybody. I, I understand yeah. you, know, you want to sit down, get complicated. Right. I'm not going to judge. Well, that, you know, it was funny because that was one thing. Like, um, so I almost, not bullied by any means. I got harshly judged a lot when I was streaming Pathfinder back in November when I was still kind of a wee baby streamer. Um, I was streaming Pathfinder and a lot of people were like, man, you're playing it wrong. You didn't do this. And it's so complicated of a system. It's like, 
it's impossible. And I think sometimes the term min-maxing is used, um, like, derogatorily. And it yes. it can be an art form. Like, if everyone's cool with it, like, dude, I mean, uh, my my dear buddy, uh, the Arcane Agent. I don't know if you've heard of the Arcane Agent. Uh, he's on not. he's on Twitch, and he has, like, a following. He's got, like, 10,000-some-odd subs on YouTube. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude, he makes... Um, More power Okay, too. fine. Really quick side story. Uh, so, my brother, all right, he got me into Pathfinder. He told me to play... Uh, Kingmaker on stream. So I started playing it, and uh, he was in the room next to me working out, because I'm, I'm in the basement. I was playing, and uh, he was like, um, Arcane Agent popped in. I was like, oh, cool. So I started talking Arcane. He's a cool guy, you know, whatever. And he starts telling me, like, oh, you're playing the Knife Master. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I was thinking about making a video of that on YouTube. And I was like, all right, guy. I was like, I have 70 followers. You don't okay, need to flex. Dude. You don't have to flex yeah. on me about your right. YouTube channel with, like, five people. Yeah, I was like, I'm not gonna. It out there. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm not gonna give you followers just because you come in, buddy. Okay, you know. So anyway, I was like, what? But I was cool. I didn't, you know, I was just what I was thinking. I was like, oh, it's cool. Right, right, talk. right. I, I end the stream. I go out. He's like, oh, you talk about the arcane age. I was like, oh yeah. Were you in the stream? He's like, no, no. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, he was in my stream. He's like. The Arcane Agent was in your stream. I was like, well, I was like, oh no, who is he? And I looked him up on YouTube. I was like, oh my god! I was like, he's got like, I was like, he's like, a I master a of the game. I was like, <laughs> I basically told him to leave because he's an idiot. I was like, what have I done? Uh, and then me and him actually started messaging privately, and I was we, we to talk say, all the time. No, yeah, oh no, I, I told him the story. Thought it was funny. No, we chat all the time. Awesome guy. Everybody's got to go yeah. follow him on Twitch, Man. YouTube. But he makes these awesome. But he is a min maxer, and that is not in a mean way. He no, has no. Studied and dude, like he was getting some like one it attack was doing work. ninety damage. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? And then I got like a total of like forty, and I'm like, oh look at that forty damage. Oh, look, hey, Flex it a little bit. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, cause I wish you were me, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, it was it was very interesting. Uh, but no, so I think sometimes the term min maxing uh, gets a little bit of a negative connotation. Um, sure. but. I think Pathfinder is a great place to explore it because there's so many classes and so many possibilities, so many feats. I mean, you want to min-max, boom, go for it, you know? I think if somebody sat down to make every combination of characters possible in Pathfinder, they wouldn't finish it before they died. And that's, <laughs> that's both good and bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I personally, I think it is a great system. And like you said, oh, it yeah. is... It is fantastic for the people who are going to sit down and do stuff like that. Because while, you know, like oh, yeah. my, my primary thing is always like, oh, I'm going to sit down and tell a story and I just want the mechanics to be second thing, second fiddle. There right. are people out there that sit down to like read books of this shit and sit down and make like crazy builds and stuff. Oh, and yeah. Power to them. You know, as long oh, as the yeah, group are cool with it, I think it's fantastic. Oh, 100%. It's, it's creative in its own right. Right, exactly, and and I think that was one thing that I, I'm very lucky with the group I have uh, with the Scattered Rollers. They know I'm a new DM, I don't know a lot of the rules, and they really work with me, and sometimes we let things slide, either if I don't know or if I don't like it, it's like, eh, it's lame, we're gonna do it this way. You know, like, just to make it more of an interesting story, you know, because I am tend to be more about the story than the rules. Totally get how there are people who are like, Yo, but the spell says do this, this, and this, you know? Mm -hmm. um, which, yeah, if everybody's cool with it, hey, do it, you know? But, yeah, I like a lot of the homebrew on the fly, kind of, you know, like... I eh, have you know. started to, amazingly, and I'm not, I'm not going to bad talk anybody here on your stream. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. I've started to um, gravitate a little bit farther from official Wizards of the Coast 5 icons and a lot more to a lot of homebrew creators and stuff like that. Because I... Oh, yeah. 
like exploring through the DMs go and stuff like that, there's a lot of really, really talented, really passionate folks out there that are just killing it. And sometimes some of the stuff they put out is better, in my opinion, than some of the official Wizards of the Coast source books. I mean, there there is so many. I mean, you want to talk? Yeah, you want to get on DMs Guild? I mean, man, they yeah. got so much. Now, I... like I said. I'm bad talking. Wizards of the Coast, you do no, 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 yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. We love Wizards of the Coast, but like some of these, like I was most trying of the to... time. most of the time, most of the time. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to look up like some magical items that I could give the players, you know. And so I was going through, mm-hmm. and I was going through all the books. I'm like, all right, cool. And so I picked like if, like three or four. I can't remember. And yeah, one was a little onyx dog statue, and I was like, ha ha! You don't even know what this is. You're like, yeah, we do. I was like, oh. You know what it is. All right, cool. Well, I was like, damn it. So I was like, damn it. Okay, so what we're going to do, I was like, from now on, I'm going to go. And I just started looking up stuff online. I can't remember. I I wish I knew the name of the website off the top of my head. But I found this one that had this really cool ring that I gave them called the Ring of Forced Peace. Uh, And it basically, uh, I'm pretty sure it's like 100% homebrew from what I was looking at. um, Because it was written very poorly. But basically, uh, you put this ring on, you get a, uh, uh, you get like one D4 damage fire right off the bat. And, like, the rules were... I had to homebrew it myself a little bit, but it was going to be, like, every time you try to attack, you can attack, but you take, like, 1d6 worth of damage. It's ah. basically one that makes you... And it was just so weird it was off the hook. It was, like, or yeah. uh, just, you know, um, out of the norm. And I was like, yo, that's that's wicked, you know? I love that. So, no, I totally agree. Some of the homebrew creators are just, just amazing. They just kill it out there. It's and, and sometimes your only option for, you know, like, something in 5e is, you know, like, just make it yourself. Um, right, yeah. And a lot of like newer source books and stuff like that, you know, when you when you open them up, uh, Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount was fucking incredible. But um, oh, I gotta read that one. <laughs> it's so good. I still have uh, Teltori I gotta you... read. <laughs> also good. I got it right there. Yeah. Um, but when you when you like open up uh, like Theros just released, I think two two days ago, two days ago. Um, and the biggest, most interesting thing to me about the Mysticotacy of Theros was what other people were going to do with it. Okay, okay, nice. Like, looking into it, I was like, okay, so they added mythic actions and the piety system mm. and stuff like that. And But the thing that was most interesting to me was, like, wondering how are some of these independent creators, like, what are they going to do with this? What are some of these creative right. things that we're going to see come out with this? And, like, when Theros released, I think there are two or three monsters with the mythic action which they just added in. So mythic actions are like legendary actions that are stronger, that can only be taken when all requirements are met. It's kind of weird, but kind of interesting. I, I, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, that like... It's, uh, it's, it is interesting. Like, it is, Don't get me yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there's like three or four creatures base book, but the day of release... So I think they had some heads up. I think they were DMs Guild official creators and had some heads up and were able to work on it. Somebody added mythic actions to like every uh, 5e creature from like CR like 12 to up. Oh my god. And it's like it's like 30 pages of of, of mythic action creatures. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my where, god. Whoa! <laughs> Why? <laughs> exactly. But it's it's impressive to me. And so that's that's kind of what I mean. Oh, yeah. It's like Theros comes out, it's cool. But then you've got this this like as like five people that were just like let's give everything mythic actions and i'm just like y'all are fucking crazy but all right yeah. let's do it <laughs> yeah no kidding oh that's wicked uh that's very interesting now um another thing i know we had talked about a little bit um off camera you are currently 
porting, or trying to port, <laughs> I remember you saying it was a bit difficult, uh, it was Greek mythology, correct? Yes. Greek mythology to d and I was preparing for this a little bit. Nice. <laughs> for you to talk about it. Nice. Thank God I segued into some, it. Yeah, <laughs> talk about D&D all day. But... I mean, like, I got it. I got it there. I was going to move it. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, how is that going? I guess I would ask why, but I'm assuming you just love Greek mythology. Um, I do. Um, yeah. So I, I will go into it a little bit. Greek mythology is interesting to me for a number of reasons. And one of those big forefront things is so many people grew up hearing about Troy, Achilles, mm. you know, because you have told me you know nothing about Greek mythology, right? Yeah. Never my thing. I say the I Trojan like, uh, horse. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. This is true. This is true. I was going to make a sarcastic comment, but I actually do. I do know what you're talking about. And then you probably know that the Trojan horse was wheeled into Troy and filled with Greek soldiers. And that's, you know, everyone's like, that's how they won the war. It isn't, but that's, <laughs> see, that's, that's one of the things. Um, They've right. it's, it's fascinating because everyone that I know, everyone you can meet in America knows something about Greek mythology. And it is, I, I'm obsessed with stories. Uh, I was saying that out front. I am obsessed with stories in any format. Books, video games, podcasts, streams, uh, movies, shows. I absorb so many different stories from so many different creators on a daily basis because it's fascinating to me as humans are the only creatures on Earth that share stories. Sure, you have animals that'll be like, okay, I went out and did this, and that's the problem. You know what I mean? Like, they'll communicate that in whatever way they can. Right, yeah, bees and ants and... Yeah. Exactly. But there are no other creatures on our planet that create stories. Mm. It is entirely unique to us, and it is, like, the one thing that is entirely unique to us. And I became obsessed with that when I was in like high school and Greek mythology especially struck like, like stuck with me and hit me that time because that is where so much of our storytelling like roots began. Mm. That was a huge, like, I'm not going to say that's the start of it all. Cause it's not even the earliest written. Stuff. Right. Like, the earliest story is the Epic of Gilgamesh from Sumeria. Uh, which is oh, interesting okay, gotcha. yeah, yeah. because I just released a variation on a God knows how old Sumerian board game for use in D&D that's coming out oh, soon nice. whenever drive Through RPG approves it. Nice. Oh, that's going to be good. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'll send you the PDF after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Please do. Um, it's, it's fascinating to me, though, because we started telling stories as, like, you and me some of the earliest stuff we probably absorbed was Greek mythology. Some of the earliest stuff that our ancestors here in America absorbed was Greek mythology. Mm. So, so much of our creativity could be traced back here. Interesting. That's what fascinates me about it. Oh, yeah. That's what makes it interesting to me. Because it is it is a veritable treasure trove of our history as storytellers. And 
it's just one of those things where I, I want to see more done with it because whenever, like, I've got something here and this is nothing against who made you again? <laughs> who, who is this? <laughs> God damn it. Okay, nothing against whoever made this. because I was expecting can't. a plushie. Oh, I don't Brothers. know why. Oh, Warner okay, Brothers. cool. Nothing against Warner Brothers. Uh, this is Clash of the Titans. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, it's not a bad movie, but what it comes down to is when we adapt Greek mythology, you, you have two camps that come out. You have the camp that comes out and they're like, it's the same story we, we, we know. You know what I mean? And then you have the camp that comes out and says, why did you change things? Like, why did you change oh, things? Okay, right. Change Keep it the same. And first and foremost, fuck both sides of that. Yeah. <laughs> because Greek mythology is something that should be changed. Hmm. Not historically, but from a storytelling fictional standpoint, Greek mythology is something that should be changed. Because the stories that you you can pick this up and five pages in you're going to find something that is unacceptable today this is oh okay um, right ovid's metamorphoses literally i'm just going to open to a random page <laughs> unacceptable <immediately. laughs> uh, and it's it's unacceptable for, for a reason first and foremost and that doesn't have a place in modern literature in my opinion so there it's more adapting as opposed to maybe not exactly. changing, but adapting and adapting. okay, right. And it's it's fascinating to take something and play around with it and change it, especially something so old and tried and true, especially because a lot of the people that'll come out and be like, Oh, you changed something, don't really know all of that stuff. Because you know the the War of Troy, you have this. Everybody knows about the wow, blue screen. Right. Everybody knows about Blue the screen. Iliad. Oh, Iliad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Iliad by Homer. Everyone talks about this being the record of the Trojan War. This is about a fourth or a fifth of it. The really? other parts, we don't have. What? We just don't have them. Oh, that's and infuriating. <laughs> oh, jinx. So the the Romans kind of fucked us on that, so you can thank them. Um, uh, the, the this is wow, not that you can see it. This yeah, is the cool. story of Achilles' rage put directly in that those are the words used by Homer. And the interesting thing about the Iliad is that you know Achilles, you know his uh, his best friend. Patroclus, he, he dies, and Achilles flies into a rage, and all sorts of things happen, and that's the Iliad. Um, but there's the thing. I said something that was a lie there, but nobody talks about it. And that is, I said, his best friend Patroclus. Best friend, brother, soldier, etc. Like, everything you find uses those words. They were gay lovers. Oh really? Yep. And that and I'm interesting. It's, it's very apparent, um, though it's something that kind of got erased. Okay, right. And that's that's why I'm I'm very strongly in the camp of change it. 
because the people that come out and they're like, oh, you're changing Greek mythology and stuff like that, they don't talk about that. They got no right. You change what you want for your own writing. You know what I mean? Okay, right, because yeah. Because that's... If, you can't pick and choose. Like, you can't be upset about somebody changing one thing. Right. Not somebody changing something else. Right, yeah. Now, so, so that's you, one thing that you're trying to do to to port it over to, like, D&D is trying to make it, like, like the adapting kind of part? Yes. Yeah, so that, that comes okay. the adapting kind of part is, like, I want to keep the spirit intact but make it something new at the same time. And that's something that okay. I want to give a lot of people the ability to do. So I'm making a supplement for it. So you get into all of the different gods in Greek mythology and all sorts of stuff like that. But I mentioned to you that it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, no, that yeah, learning a little bit, just a little bit I know. Looks like it's pretty messed up. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. now, Have you um, ever seen a picture of the Greek family, the Greek god family tree? No. Is it just a branch? Pretty much. It's like, it does this, and then it does this. <laughs> it's a and palm it's like, tree. It just goes straight down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And that's that's one of those things where it's like... Oh, yeah. Now, so, and that... Uh, actually, writing kind of brings up a point. Uh, the telling the stories is what matters. The inspiration really doesn't. I always kind of hate, like, pulling from movies, because, you know, I, I don't like... Because I think sometimes... There's some sure. pop sources I like. I don't mind pulling elements, but I hate... I don't want to do, like, a shot for shot. As yeah. far as porting Greek mythology, are you going to be looking at stories? Or, or more like classes? Yes. Nice. So, <laughs> okay. The, I actually have an outline set up to kind of go over a little bit of what I'm going to be working on. And if I can bring it up, I'll tell you some. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because it's very interesting, because going over the stories and everything, I like like you said, a lot of people know at least a little. Uh, you know, they at least know something, or like, um, come on, the Odyssey, you know. Loved, I, yes. I, that was the one story I loved was the Odyssey. But that was Greek, Absolutely. right? Or was that Roman? That, no, that's Greek. Um, that was Greek, okay, yeah, yeah. follows Odysseus. Odysseus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and him that. leaving the events of the Iliad and stuff like that, so they can actually go, like, back to back. Yeah, no, no, you're My good. allergies are atrocious. Oh, um, they're hitting hard, yeah. The Odyssey is fantastic as well. Actually, this is oh, the Iliad the and the Odyssey, so... Oh, nice, <laughs> okay. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so everybody knows Homer. You know, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. that everybody knows. Homer is, like, the free space on a bingo square. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's just one of those things. Um, oh, yeah. So the... The big things that I'm working on for reporting Greek mythology and adapting it is so for people to use in their campaigns unoffensively is the best way I could put that. A way to include these, like this literal piece of history that has inspired so many storytellers over so many years, but do it in a way that leaves everybody feeling comfortable at the end of your D&D game. Okay, um, right. The, the big thing that I think everyone needs to start with, which we can even talk a little bit about on stream, is uh, like probably the first chapter of said supplement is what is mythology? Oh, because okay, nice. It's it's hard to get into why it's important, like how it could be fun to use, why you should be interested without discussing what mythology is. And okay. while, while Greek mythology, probably not, right now, in just about any homebrew, any official, any D&D &D campaign, there is mythology. Some kind. 
whether it's unique or adapted or etc there is some kind of mythology shared stories between the people that describe the creation of something is one way to put it though they don't always describe the creation of something mythology is so very vague um but probably even in the scattered rollers campaign that world exists somehow and there's right. probably a story about it oh, okay yeah the gods creating the mountains or exactly uh, yeah there is in every game some tiny piece and i feel like it's something important to discuss and then from there on like to get actually into the nitty-gritty to skip over some of like the, the other stuff there is the the very beginning of greek mythology and the very beginning of the book because i feel like that is poetic is chaos okay. unlike a lot of like religious texts and stuff like that the greek mythology does not start off with the gods creating the world it starts off with the world creating the gods at the very beginning there was nothing but chaos and from it came the world and from the world and chaos both as actual people and as just uh like metaphysical representations the titans were born and then the titans give birth to the gods and that's a whole thing and then yeah you get into stuff so from the chaos we move into titans and then we move into gods and then heroes and then monsters and then magic items and then basically an adventure and some classes and stuff like that so it's gonna be a fucking interesting big supplement yeah <laughs> whenever i get to no it. that's that's um, awesome is is this something you would so it would be okay so porting it to D, I would assume it wouldn't take place in like Faerun near the Sword Coast, possibly? I would want it to be something you can put into any setting. That's okay, nice. I try to keep up with a lot of my content. Is That's the best way to do it. it. It is, because everybody has so many ideas of their own. So like, sorry, my dog's having issues. Let me check on him real quick. He's, he had oh, a fun. day. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no worries. Um... No, that's interesting. Yeah, I really like the uh, I like the idea of uh, porting the mythology. Um, yeah, and especially because I know a little bit about the old one or what was it, old gods and the titans, then the new gods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever they call so them. It's, um, yeah, it's a weird mess. Um, but it the, that idea is to allow people to experiment with this kind of mythology, like like Theros just did. You know, Theros just released their own, like, adaptation and play around with Greek mythology. And it's it's very interesting, but I want to take a different route than that. And then I'm playing around right. keep it a little bit more close to home. Oh, hey, wow, I just opened it on a picture of the um, family tree. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Dude, check this out, yeah. If it doesn't fucking ruin it with my green screen. So that's there the family go. tree. Oh, so God. you can see it's little... Yeah. Oh, there we go. Ah, there we go. It's yeah. a little, uh, little Zeus. Yeah, a little, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. basically, that's that's one of the big things. Is you, you get all of these issues that you really shouldn't have to address and include in any Dungeons & Dragons game, in my humble opinion. Um, and it's something that becomes difficult for somebody just like oh you know what i like the iliad i want to put the greek gods in my game and then when you 
fucking slap them in there. Right. Ask yourself, you're like, wait, where did they come from? You know, like you have to sit down and like figure that out. And I want to do that legwork for people. And right. Give them something that they can plug and play that's exciting and inspiring. And oh, 100%. Fun. No, I, I think that's good. And I think that is part of the thing. I mean, because I guess anyone can pull right now and use a Greek god, use the Greek gods in their campaign. But then exactly. you got to deal with the issues the of trying to exactly yeah no kidding yeah. so um that's uh that's fantastic i really like that um so would uh, in this supplement and i don't know is this something you're like actively working on or this is like something a project down the line this is a project down the line sadly gotcha. this was something i was looking at sounds like it's gonna take some time though so it's gonna take a long time yeah um hopefully a lookout for maybe a kickstarter next year to see how that goes. um Ooh. it's not Keep the first the not the first big one i'll be making but it is one of the first ones i have interesting four very big projects that i am working on that i am oh that's fantastic hoping to uh, to get into oh that's, that's awesome. one of them another one is a full supplement all about the thoughtlings like that's put in the school of awakening wizards and stuff like that so it, it gets into and it um a larger scale adventure okay, yeah, yeah. to allow people to play the thoughtlings and all sorts of different things. Interesting. Yeah. That's uh that's very interesting. Now. So in the supplement, even though I know it's still ways out, do you think you would use the same God's names or would you change them at all? I would probably use the same God's names because changing a name of a God is very simple and it doesn't require like, like if they want to, like if somebody who picks up the supplements like oh uh zeus is no longer going to be zeus he's going to be Keranos, which is what they did with theros it's a very quick and dirty change yeah um, you don't have to do much with that and for those who don't want to change it and want to keep it the same you still have that as well so right. i think i'm going to be keeping it the same personally Okay. I, I think that'd be, I mean, honestly, keeping it the same would probably be one of the most unique things you could do. Uh, because, like you say, like a lot of people, and it's even for someone who doesn't uh, know a lot about any kind of mythology, it's sometimes like, oh, that's supposed to be Zeus. You know, it's like, it's kind of easy yeah. to point out. So it's kind of like, like, oh. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that'd be awesome. So, like, what? One of your um, uh, modules would be like uh, the Odyssey? <laughs> Basically, yeah. So, like, one of the adventures could be just an example of the the Odyssey and how you could play that in a D and D campaign, but make it not awful. Uh, like yeah. Not, it's 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 not how that's not a great way to put it. The Odyssey is a fantastic story. Uh, Odyssey right. actually gets away from a lot of the issues that you run into in a lot of Greek mythology, um, but a, a very good story. One of my personal favorites is the story of Orpheus. Which I'm Orpheus? not sure if you know about. Uh, actually, for some reason, I feel like I've heard the name. Orpheus is the story of a the most talented musician that loses his uh, his bride essentially on the day of their wedding, and he is so distraught that he can no longer play good music anymore. Basically, oh, he just plays yeah. incredibly depressing, incredibly painful music, and eventually. I think it's Dionysus. It's been a while since I read it. It's in here somewhere. Um, <laughs> eventually, he gets told, basically, go to uh, go to Hades, both God slash place, both, and get your partner back. And he goes, okay. And he goes into Hades, and he 
puts Cerberus to sleep playing the lute. He bribes the ferryman. He goes through the entirety of the literal underworld, makes his way to Hades and Persephone, the king and queen of the underworld, and plays them a lament so powerful that the god of the underworld himself says, you can have her back on one stipulation. You have to walk back through the underworld. No one's going to mess with you, but you I know this walk one. back and you know you don't look back. You never look back. And there are two iterations of the story. In the first iteration of the story, he exits Hades and spins around as he crosses the threshold because he's so excited and he, he doubts that she's actually there, that his love Eurydice is actually there. So he spins around and is like, is she there? And she had not crossed the threshold. And Hades takes her back and pulls her back into the shadows. And that's Idiot. the story of there. But in another form, he doubts as he is leaving and he glances over his shoulder just oh. at the end when light comes into sight and ruins it all. And they're both Damn. So, the story of Orpheus is a very fun one. It is one that a lot of people know. It is one that it's it's powerful. It's interesting. Yeah, right. And think about like a D and D campaign that's like working with Orpheus or being Orpheus and trying to get back. Oh yeah. Like it's it's chaos. Oh but, yeah, especially going to hell. That sounds awesome. Having yeah, an adventure going to hell. I'm like, stabbing cool. Hades right now. Like, I, just, <laughs> I have a full stat block for you. Have a stat block at Hades. Let's That's go. A, oh my god, <laughs> twenty three. Oh my god. Oh yeah, it's 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 so much fun. But um, Orpheus is a story that a lot of people know. But coming from a group where people have had struggles in the past that you have to look out for what you're going to include. It's one of those things that you have to remember because it's so easy to forget that the story of Orpheus starts off with his wife dying, which is something that's, you know, that's good in the story. But the reason she dies is because she's running from a man trying to assault her. Okay. And you can read into that house yeah. without me explaining so it's it is a a great story that people forget that beginning of conveniently mm. and it's something that i'm looking to remove for people so that they can use these things with a healthy conscience yeah <laughs> right no that's uh that's very interesting it makes sense why something like that with a story like that would be forgotten or you know or maybe not super on purpose forgotten but uh i can right. see why it's like yeah you have to tell that one you know it's like that wouldn't be mm -hmm. the first one people would tell in mixed company you know exactly um, yeah that's very it's, interesting and i i saw i glanced over at chatterman and going i saw rafiki talk about persephone who is also one of my favorite characters um fun fact because I'm going to get nerdy for a second. Do it. <laughs> I, this is one of my plants in my room. This is Eurydice, named after Orpheus' ah, wife. Nice. Well, it looks like yeah, there's a million just... bugs in there because of the green screen. Oh, no, you're right. I it was, <laughs> that was awesome. It was, uh, uh, yeah, it was like wiggling. Persephone. 
So nice. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. But I saw Rafiki mentioned that Persephone is a fantastic character, and I adore Persephone. She's very interesting. She's very fun to play around with. Um, and it's 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 fun to get like into stuff like that because Hades, you think the underworld, hell, fire, brimstone, right? But they grow fruit there. Really? Oh, that That's is where interesting. Pomegranates come from, according to Greek mythology. Oh, really? Pomegranates are the fruit of Hades. Oh, I'll go there. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, right. Hit me up. And per Persephone is a very fascinating character, and she is associated with the pomegranate. But even her story starts exactly the same as Eurydice's. All of them start that way. Just about every single one. And you know? Yeah, that's um I wonder because of the day and age we live in, especially just with Hades, you think hell. Because everyone knows mm -hmm. that Hades was the underworld. That's another thing that I think a lot of people exactly. know. The underworld is basically hell. Because Zeus lived in the other one. Olympus? Olympus, yeah. That's the one. Uh, yeah, he lived in Washington State. Um, and uh, But Hades, everyone kind of knows is hell. And since we know Dante's Inferno more of hell, uh, that's mm -hmm. what everyone kind of assumes. Myself included until 30 seconds ago. So that's very interesting. Yeah. So it's... The way that that perception started is actually very fascinating. And I'm going to get into some theog like theological stuff here. Uh, stop me if this is boring. Um, no, no, you could. But... Greek mythology was the mythology of Greece. And then the Romans came in and the Romans were like, look, look, we're like acquiring all of Greece right now. And we kind of don't want them to revolt. So what are Athens like? Oh, they like telling stories. Give them their stories, but change the basic bits of it so that it's very Roman. <laughs> <laughs> and so then Greek mythology became Roman mythology. And so basically That's just amazing. names were changed through a lot of stuff. Oh, okay, good. Um, and, and you can still kind of pick it apart. And Dante's Inferno was a Roman story, I believe, written by Virgil. So, in fact, something you don't know, probably, uh, Dave doesn't know, right? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, in the uh, story of Dante's Inferno, you can see Odysseus. They talk to him. I forget what his Roman name is because they rename him from Odysseus. But there's Greek characters throughout it because they show, oh, hey, 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 being Greek and being, like, exclusively Greek and, like, doing the stuff that the Greek people did before Rome was bad and puts you in hell. It became a way to demonize it a little bit and it became this Roman story. And then when you get, um, like like, Roman mythology starts to collide with Catholicism, now you hit hell and Hades and hell becomes synonymous and it becomes purely a bad place where in fact interesting Hades had three levels that we don't talk about a whole lot it had Tartarus which is where people go to be eternally tortured Oops. Oh, okay um, <laughs> then you have Asphodel the Asphodel Meadows the place where oh. your average people who aren't really great but aren't bad go to live in the afterlife relatively comfortable there's fruit orchards there's towns things aren't bad and then you have elysium where the greatest of the greatest greek people go and they go up there and they're eating and they're fighting and they're fucking and they're having a great time <laughs> and that's hades <laughs> and it's just one of those things so but because of 
Roman mythology and Catholicism, it comes in, and I'm not, look, we got Catholics in chat, hey man. Oh no, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like I'm not, yeah. yeah. Um, No, it's just this. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Those two things, uh, those two religions and mythologies took Creek mythology and made us hear Hades and go, oh, it was bad. But in fact, it, it wasn't. And it, they had a really interesting idea of doing it. So when you died, you'd go to, you know, like Asphodel Meadows if you weren't that bad of a person. Right. And you, you'd spend your time in Asphodel Meadows, right? You, you basically, you know, like you arrived there and you took like one of the little number like tickets, like ding, ding, ding. And like later on, like some 300 years ago or something like later, uh, they'll be like, uh, number 57 you're like oh, yeah. and yeah. you um, finally yeah wow and you, you climb ah, 75 you damn fates. it yeah <laughs> god damn can you imagine but it's you like you climb the stairs like you B&B. go up to the fates and then they they throw your ass back into life you are a newborn baby and Ooh, you live another life you are reincarnated okay. And then when you die, you're back into the Asphodel Meadows and you remember everything from both lives. Oh, cool. Interesting. And you're like, fuck yeah, new ticket. And yeah, you there go you go. Yeah, in. exactly. Interesting. And then you do it again. And after three times, if you're still like showing up in the Asphodel Meadows, you're still like, oh, this is great. And you haven't gone to Elysium or Tartarus at any of those points. They're like, we don't go to Elysium. Just live forever in happiness. Yeah. And that's Hades. That's how it works. Very interesting. Uh, I say that's how it works. Like, it's real. Uh, right. <laughs> no. Right. No, but that's, uh, yeah, no, that that's really interesting. And even it's that. It's really fun. Like, can you imagine playing around with that in a homebrew setting? Well, now I'm like, man, you could, I mean, you have to speed it up a lot. But you could have kind of a, not cheating too much, but if you had someone who died, um, and then bring the player character back. That'd be interesting. Then have them die again, and then they remember both mm-hmm. lives. <laughs> that, no, that, that'd be interesting. Doing though. almost like a Dark Souls esque campaign, it, right? Like that too. Like it's it's fun. It's just fun. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Then you get into the aspect of how Hades was created, and it's the same thing we were talking about earlier. It's problematic. It's the best word I can right. say. So yeah. it's. Greek mythology is full of so many like amazing stories and ideas and stuff like that that adapting learning from it's, I think it's a great thing to do oh but yeah it's 100%. hard to include some of the stuff in these stories right and justify it yeah right exactly no I can see why that's gonna be a hell of an endeavor now I don't I don't know if there is an answer to this but I'm assuming there's loads of stories. Uh, from Greek mythology, it's not like seven, you know, uh, <laughs> which is good so, down the line. If you can get like a, like a Bible's worth of, or maybe not Bible's but a decent hunk, and you got plenty of uh, modules after that too. Yep. So there are four books that I would heavily recommend anybody reading if you want to get into Greek mythology. Though, like I said, Get ready if you're getting into it because it does not mince words and it was written during a very different time. So just brace yourself. Don't expect, uh, yeah. Um, one I would really recommend is 
Ovid's Metamorphosis. It is a fantastic book, uh, big freaking hunk of a book here, and it starts from the beginning of the Greek world and moves forward. However, Ovid was a Roman poet, so it's they use the other names and stuff like that. Oh, so okay, you gotcha. Have to, like, yeah. Translate and figure it out yourself. And the other thing you kind of like want to know about this. Um, put it lightly is ovid was a fantastic poet and ovid was an asshole <laughs> oh asshole poetry can be fun <laughs> yeah um he's he's very flowery he's very like up and stuck and haughty in his his writing um he's got a lot of great stories in there but he kind of at the very beginning of the book the words that he used like uses to start you off i think oh god i don't want to quote it let me I, I, if i'm gonna quote something i want to quote it right you know no, I, mean? I, I feel you man i don't yeah that's why i rarely quote things unless i'm like 100 percent sure i can like look it up uh yes so i have the quote for it right here that i should be able to read um yes i prate of ancient poets monstrous lies never seen or now or then by any human's eyes. So he starts off saying, every poet that told these stories before I'm telling them now in my own forum, they were giant liars and none of this is real and fuck you. Like that's, that's awesome. That's balling. <laughs> that, that's how he opens his book. And like, he's, he is the way that I, I, I like to put this whenever I, there's somebody like Ovid is he is the asshole you meet at a party and you're like man that guy was a dick i wonder what he's up to later <laughs> okay <You know>? like, <laughs> yeah like uh that guy was cool yeah. i hate him but he was exactly. cool <laughs> exactly and that's that's open he's good the to other have one for a that laugh I recommend, of course is the iliad and the odyssey mm. both great you can usually get them bundled together and then edith hamilton's mythology timeless tales of gods and heroes this is a big that fucking book damn and it's full of family trees and pottery art and all sorts of stuff like that to oh wow really just dive in there it's it's fantastic it is a great introduction and it's a lot easier to read than Ovid. so i might okay and what was that one called um, again this is edith hamilton's mythology edith hamilton's it's mythology. got a subtitle okay, nice. of timeless tales of gods and and okay nice it is not a new book it has been around for like a hundred something years i think or getting close so it's not a signed years. copy i take it no <laughs> <laughs> if, only. Uh, if only right uh that's awesome that's really interesting yeah i've never really looked into mythology it just it never really appear uh yeah appealed to me uh back in the day too much um but that's very interesting especially with the uh possibility of porting it to D and D. Yeah. That's that's very interesting. And like um, like chat was saying, there's so many different ways or so many different places you can pull inspiration from. It kind of oh, only yeah. makes sense uh, that it would eventually come from mythology. Now, are you out of curiosity? Because somebody doesn't know anything about mythology, because Dave doesn't know. Uh, is <laughs> is it Roman mythology? I guess kind of is this the same as Greek mythology. Sounds like yeah. it was Greek and then they made it Roman and now it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> 
China. They said that's like, mine now, and they just okay. Yeah. So, so there was Greek mythology, and then there was Roman mythology, and the Romans were like, "Dude, let's throw some stuff in there," and um, like kind of like made their own mythology on top of it. But then the historians are now like, "Well, the base is Greek mythology, so technically it's all Greek mythology." So the answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of both. So they're, Interesting. they're inseparable at this point. And we have lost so many stories because, like, the burning of Alexandria and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's why we have, like, a fourth of the... the that's such that a shame. Now, we, oh, we yeah. Know, we know how it starts. We know parts of it. We know how it ends. And we know bits here in the middle. But, like, to pick up this book and read it and be like, wow. I'll never know the other four parts. It like Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. They brought in Odysseus's brother Larry. He came in for yeah, a portion exactly. of it and all that got destroyed. And yeah, cuz then he killed him right before he Larry. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Then Odysseus no, killed no, him cuz was like, yeah, he was annoying. I mean, mm. Hey, I guess if we don't have the other co it could have been a terrible book. So, maybe it's good to the Cyclops, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's how they got around it. You're like, hey, Oh my god. Um one of my favorite uh, stories. Now, I want to check this guy's name. Yeah. Um, because there's a dude that adapted this, and I think it's a very interesting idea of how Greek mythology can be used as inspiration and, like, some of the crazy stuff you can do with this. And this is... I don't know why, but I am... There he is. His name is Jeremy Bentham. I am obsessed with this guy's idea, and I don't know why. It's just interesting. Um, there is a dude named Jeremy Bentham that came up with a idea and schematic for, of all things for me to be like, wow, this is so cool, a prison. Ooh. And the name of the prison, and some of you in chat might have heard about this, is a panopticon. Panopticon? Essentially, panopticon. Panopticon. Named after the Greek giant Panopt, the hundred eyes the giant who had eyes all across his body and could see anything and yeah and it's it's very fascinating to me because what it is is a prison now the the it's been adapted a little bit so i'm going to give kind of the more modern definition it is a prison for like in a, a modern panopticon maybe say you have a cell you've got your um your mess hall you know your your everything etc and there are no guards just cameras there are no guard station just cameras and the reason why because these cameras have no indication that they're on or off ever and there only needs to be one staff member currently in the facility at the time watching now it wouldn't actually work but the theory is if somebody is being watched or if they could be being watched and they don't know if they are, they won't do something wrong. Interesting. So the idea is, for instance, if you knew that at any point I could be watching you, would you do something wrong? Not that I'm always watching you, just that at any point I could be like, oh, I'm just going to check in on Dave. You were the Did one with the Discord so? that wouldn't hang up on the phone call, so I could have checked in on you at any time. So that is true. true. That's that's very interesting. <laughs> so it's topical. No, that's uh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. 
And actually, I, I pulled up a picture of the Panopticon prison. Oh, like the old one? Yeah. It's crazy, right? Look, the guy in the big tower in the center can always yeah. see. Yeah. So that's, that's the idea of it, is that if you are being watched, you won't act out. Because if you act out, you'll be punished for it. Then the guards come. Then you're punished. But there's right. no need for them to be there. That's very interesting. I had not heard of that. I'm not going to lie. It's a very fascinating concept. So um, another time when ancient mythology was adapted uh, exactly. in, a, in a very unique way uh, like, to a prison. Who knows if this guy just saw, like, Panop was reading Greek mythology and was like, Hmm. Like who knows oh, what yeah. came first, kind of thing. But it's like right. The inspiration is undeniable. And oh yeah, and that's that's the same for so much. Like, what do you call that part of your foot? <laughs> the Achilles heel. <laughs> the Achilles heel. What do you call this part of your eye? The very center area there. The Odysseus. I'm not sure. Oh, the Iris. Uh, the Iris. <laughs> sorry. I panicked. The Greek goddess. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. parts of our body, things in medicine, in law, throughout so many portions of our life, Greek mythology. Yeah. It's it's weird. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's... So yeah, no, actually, like, if it's been adapted to everything else, it's like, why not, like, how not D&D right now? Like, how already have it not been, has it not been exactly. a thing? Um, and, and Wizards did it um, with Theros with this literally two days ago. It was, it was infuriating, honestly, because I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna adapt Greek mythology. And then Wizards of Coast was like, Greek mythology supplement. Yeah, like, <laughs> damn Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. ended up taking it a very different direction than I intended. Okay. To, so. I haven't gotten a chance to look at it. Is it more just... Uh, a lot of the gods just don't exist, and some of them are there, but incredibly different. And Okay. It's it's not a bad supplement, but it is not. It's Greek mythology inspired. Okay, it's like reading your favorite book. Then they made a movie, and you're like, "What did you do? Yes. <laughs> I took the good characters and I changed them, and I got rid of the other ones." It's like, "Oh my god, like you ruined it." Um, exactly. Okay. But then again, I also understand because you come into that problem with adaptation. How can right. you make Zeus an interesting character without making him? what he is <laughs> right yeah no kidding that's uh that's interesting and yeah that's what i because i know we were talking about it and i've heard uh, my brother was telling about that supplement coming out and i haven't had a chance to look at it so uh i want to i want to be able to do that but i'm very more interested in what uh you're working on because it sounds like it's going to be more tried and true to don't, uh don't flatter me. yeah <laughs> we're definitely gonna be keeping I'm an eye on at it. making my own adaptation of greek mythology where you can use what you want from the stories that so many people know and love. And, uh, you know, with my own twist on it here and there, in oh, order yeah. to keep things kosher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I, I was like, um, uh, yeah. Um, no, that's that's very interesting. Uh, if you were to write, like, if you were to write uh, a module, which one would you go first? Like, out of all... Maybe not necessarily your favorite, but what one would you think would work the best for a module, and what one would you go for? Because obviously the Odyssey, I think, would be amazing. Yeah, it's the only one I know, but I think it'd still be really cool. Um, the one that would work the best would probably be the Odyssey. 
Oh, really? Okay, very interesting. To be honest, but the one that I would probably end up doing is if you guys have heard about um, Supergiant Games, you've heard of Supergiant Games. They made Bastion, Transistor, Pyre, yeah. and their new game is called Hades. They Ooh. stick very close to the source material. The art is fantastic. The music is incredible. It's honestly couldn't recommend that game more um, from both like a mythology nuts standpoint and just a video game standpoint i play like at least an hour of it a day um it's just like one of the things i work in but they do something very interesting in it that i would like to explore with in a future module which is they do the story of the son of hades attempting to escape from hades into our world that sounds and cool it's very interesting story i won't get too far into it but i would love to do a story based around orpheus and escaping from hades oh yeah that sounds amazing be that'd be fun. really interesting yeah oh just yeah. hoping because i i think orpheus is a fantastic story i also have an orpheus over there with my plants but i did not bring him <laughs> because he is dying and I'm upset. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> um, well, that's fantastic. Um, I think we're gonna kind of start getting wrapped up, but no, I uh, that 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 is uh, very interesting. The obviously porting to uh, from Greek mythology to D and D, I think, is a, an amazing idea because, um, yeah, like I mean, I was gonna say some of the work is already there as far as the stories and where to go, but sounds like you have your work cut out for you 100. percent uh, It's in no way gonna Sadly. be easy. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I sat down one day and basically just went through the gods and basically asked myself like, how can I keep you being you without right you being you? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I want you the same, but to change. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, that uh, that gets rough. I can I can only imagine on that. One of my favorites I've been working on, I'll say, though, real quick. Yeah, no, is, please. Um, Hestia, the goddess of the hearth. Um, strange goddess to be, like, strange thing to be a goddess of. Uh, doesn't really of the hearth? a lot of the hearth, like a fireplace hearth. Ah, she's like the intern um, for the gods. Yeah, exactly. They couldn't think of anything else. It's, like... it's strange, though. She's like a major deity, but of the hearth. And I dug down to look into a little bit more of why she would be a major deity, but goddess of the hearth yeah. and started digging into her character in a lot and so she has become a uh, in the, what i'm doing for the supplement she has become a goddess of fire family and asexuality because hearth and fire so hearth fire and family because when oh, you think okay. of where the fireplace is you think of home right when you think of a fireplace you think of fire so those are the two things i went with there and Hestia in mythology swore that she would never lay with anybody. Oh, really? So I thought it would be interesting to create a god of asexuality and give some of that rep representation to the ace folks out there and kind of play yeah. around with that and make it a little interesting. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, that, that's part of the... And that's the thing. You could port it 100%, but you are writing it, so you may as well add some of your own twists in there a little bit. Exactly. Being an author of it, it's like, you know, I mean... Yeah, it's awesome you keep it 100%, but you don't have to keep it 100%. So, no, right. may as well I would say it's probably flare, close you know? to 80 by the time it comes out. Is I want to keep the spirit alive. Okay, like, right. I yeah, keep yeah, yeah. that fire that makes Greek mythology... Mythology still there, still right. burning as strong as ever. Oh yeah, everything 100%. else 
we play with. Oh yeah, hundred percent. No, that's that's fantastic. No, I am very excited for that. Um, you guys have seen there's been uh, timers popping up for uh, his new supplement, the uh, Awakening class for the Wizard. Uh, it's uh, really cool. I read through it. It's it's an amazing it's an amazing little supplement. Uh, Derek's going to be on our show on the Scattered Rollers channel playing that class. So if you guys want a sneak preview, you can follow Scattered Rollers. We're playing that next Wednesday. Uh, yeah, he's going to play in the Awakening. So I'm very so we'll see if he's super OP. If he is, cool. Let's bring it. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> Shut out of it. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, no. What have I done? It's only 3d4 damage. Uh, damn it. <laughs> what have I done? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, it's more of a pacifist class, really. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, but, uh, Derek, I cannot thank you enough uh, for being on. Uh, I had an absolute blast with you. Uh, if you want to quickly give another spiel, uh, where we can find you at, what we're looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on the DMs Guild as Derek Ward. And you know what? The easiest way to do this without any major links or anything like that is you can find me on the Short Rest Twitch, Short Rest D&D, so SRD&D. Every Saturday we play d and I'm the DM. And every Wednesday we play games and shoot the shit, though not for the next few Wednesdays because I'll be on Scattered Rollers. <laughs> and you can find me and the rest of my work as solo work and stuff like that at DungeonsNDerricks.com. Dungeons and Derricks. I thought I misspelled it. I was like, I didn't put the A in there. Oh my god, I screwed up. No, uh, you're right. <laughs> I'm dyslexic, so I always panic. Um, I get it. I, uh, I have the... So apparently it is a form of dyslexia, I've been told, but oh, I yeah? will replace letters with numbers sometimes. And I oh, interesting. Writing. So like if I place an, uh, if I'm like writing the word follow, for instance, I might go for O-L-L-O-W because my brain associates four with F and interesting. it'll do all sorts of stuff like that. Like for G became eight for some reason. So I'll do that sometimes. It's strange. Oh, that's weird. That's That's like lead speak. That's like programmer yeah, talk, is. man. That's wicked. <laughs> this, is, this is why proofreaders are important. Yeah. <laughs> That's why everybody needs an editor, man. <laughs> Just oh, in yeah. case. <laughs> you um, never know. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Thank you all so much for being here. Um, you guys can catch me. I'm on a bunch of streams tomorrow. Uh, you can follow uh, Scatter Rollers. are having their nerd night tomorrow. Um, and then, uh, also, I'm hanging out on my Discord more. We've been streaming Dead by Daylight, so if you guys want to swing by the Discord, uh, hang out. It's super fun. Me, Boots, and uh, Luna have been playing, and yeah. we're all really bad at it, so it's, like, super fun. So, uh, thank you guys so much. Next week, we're going to have We Rate Dice is going to be here on the stream. Uh, very excited. Sticking. And actually, the week after that, we got Quirky Megan, who worked at a tabletop store. So we got a whole tabletop RPG thing oh going God. on for the next, we like, three two, weeks. Two interesting guests to follow. Follow me up, right? No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I wanted you first, buddy. <laughs> All right. All right. I hope I didn't bore everybody. No, it was very fascinating. I really, really enjoyed it, man. Uh, and like I said, I'm honestly really looking forward to what you're coming out with, with not just Greek mythology, but the other supplements you were talking about. I think those could take some yeah. really interesting turns. So I'm very excited. the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah, no, very excited, very excited. Um, so thank you all so much. Um, I don't have an outro video yet. I'm supposed to do that. I'll make a note. Uh, so we're just going to like we'll disappear just wave slowly. around a whole lot, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so thank you all so much for joining us. And we will catch you in an upcoming stream very soon. Thank you, everyone. We'll catch you guys later. Hi, my name is David Caldwell. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Dave Doesn't Know. Be sure to check out the show live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash caldwellington. We'll see you there.